Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. Our gospel reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter beginning in verse 39. Listen once again to the word of the Lord. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the first Sunday of Advent. The word Advent means coming, the coming of Christ. And on this first Sunday, we are often thinking about the second coming, the final victory of God over all evil and suffering, and with it, the judgment of those who wreak havoc with those things. we consider at the beginning of this season of anticipation what it will actually mean for us when, as Job says, at the last, our Redeemer stands upon the earth. When the cleansing fire of heaven meets who we are, who will we be? When we look on the face of Jesus, who will we know? When we see, at last, the consummation of God's plan, where will we find ourselves? Do we want what God is making? It is appropriate for us to think about these things on the first Sunday of Advent. Where do you and where do I stand in relation to God's providence, God's reality, God's truth, God's love? What is it that I, in my inmost being, hope for? What part of myself, my life, my desires, my choices, 
will be judged in that great judgment of evil and suffering. Before the anticipation of the baby in the manger, peace on earth, goodwill to all, if we are wise, what comes first is the contemplation of our true selves, our place in the world's evil and suffering and sin. Every year for this reason, our Advent readings begin with the prophets. Prophets are people, and they still exist today, who are granted the special ability in limited circumstances at specific times to speak the words of God for the edification of God's people. Throughout the Old Testament, the prophets speak to God's people to comfort, to exhort, to warn, to call. We often think of prophecy as simply a prediction of the future, and that tends also to be how we think of texts in the Bible about the end of all things, the coming of Christ, the fulfillment of God's plan. Biblical prophecy sometimes predicts the future, but more often it reveals what is underneath the present laying bare what we need to see in what is happening now, or what was happening then, when the text was written. Sometimes it speaks in mysterious, image-laden terms about what is happening now in order to speak obliquely about what will happen in the future. But the point is that there is much more to prophecy than gazing into a crystal ball and predicting an event. Preaching is not always prophecy, but prophecy is always preaching. It is proclaiming God's word in a human voice. It never happens, except by the power of the Holy Spirit making the decision to grant to us the word of God. If we were to identify someone in the Gospels who fits this profile, who follows in the footsteps of the Old Testament prophets to prepare the way of the Lord, who preaches repentance, who proclaims the coming Messiah, most of us would point to John the Baptist. The Gospel of Mark, in fact, gives us only John the Baptist by way of Advent, the voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. But in our text today is maybe an unexpected prophet, his mother, Elizabeth. We pick up the story after Mary has just agreed to be the mother of Jesus. And she is taken off in haste for Elizabeth's. The angel Gabriel has told Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant, and it is a surprise. Elizabeth and her husband, Zechariah, have been infertile for many, many years. But Zechariah received his own vision in the temple and the promise of their son John's birth. But he did not believe. And as a result, he is unable to speak 
until the baby is born. Elizabeth is overjoyed to be pregnant. There's a lot going on in this household, and Mary arrives and calls out a greeting. And inside Elizabeth, the baby moves. We don't know if Elizabeth had any idea that Mary was, in fact, pregnant. But in verse 41, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is code in the Bible for prophecy. God indwells the person, and he or she is empowered to speak God's words. Not automatically, and not necessarily forever, but in this moment of inspiration, God's words come to us from Elizabeth's mouth. In the Old Testament, the people of God worshipped through representation. They also heard from God through representation. There were two roads of spiritual leadership. The priests served in the temple. They were strictly observant in order to be ritually clean for the presence of God. They sacrificed animals on behalf of the people to ritually atone for sin and to offer worship. They were the ones who were allowed to approach the Holy of Holies, the center of the temple where God chose to dwell. The prophets, on the other hand, might preach anywhere, in the public square, in a private home, in the palace. They brought God's word to God's people where they lived. So on the one hand, the people of God approach God vicariously through this person set aside for the purpose. And on the other hand, God approaches the people vicariously through a person set aside for the purpose. They might overlap. Jeremiah, for example, was both a priest and a prophet, but they are separate roles. So for example, during the reign of King Josiah, the scrolls of the law were rediscovered in the temple after having been missing for many, many years. The high priest Hilkiah finds them and he takes them to the prophet Huldah, and she is the one who authenticates them. The difference here is that the Holy Spirit rests on a prophet and allows them to speak for God. Now, Elizabeth is married to a priest, Zechariah, but at the beginning of the chapter, we read that she is also descended from the daughters of Aaron. Aaron, as you may recall, was Moses' brother, the first consecrated priest of God's people. This is important because Elizabeth is part of the priestly line. She is not serving as a priest, but she is part of this group of people set apart for the purpose. When she is filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesies to Mary, there is a symbolic thing happening here. Priest and prophet are coming together to witness the coming Messiah. Elizabeth is given divine authority to speak the good news that the Lord is coming. Elizabeth is in fact, the first human being in Luke's gospel to make the claim that Jesus is Lord. 
And not only that, she claims that he's her lord. She doesn't know his name yet, but she has encountered him. She has experienced his presence. Before, he has fully entered the world. While he is still coming, she knows him. She knows him because God has revealed him and she has believed. She knows her God and she knows that this baby in its mother's womb is in fact this God. The Lord has come, unbidden and unseen, and she has believed. His mother has come, fleeing from the disgrace of her pregnancy. And Elizabeth has seen first and immediately, not an unmarried woman fleeing the law, but that the fruit of her womb is blessed. She has believed. The word she speaks to this mother of God who is undoubtedly afraid is this. Blessed is she who believed. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. In the part of salvation history in which we now live, the time after Jesus has ascended to heaven and before he has returned. The gift of the Holy Spirit belongs not only to the prophets, not only to Huldah and Jeremiah and John and Elizabeth, but to every single person who is grafted into Christ. We each have different gifts from this spirit. We are not all prophets. But as the prophet Joel said, in those days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's worth pointing out that God never discriminated. Women and men were empowered by the same Holy Spirit long before Jesus was born. But now, the calling isn't just for special women or special men. It is for everyone who will respond. Paul says, to those who believe he has given the right to become children of God. The right to become children of God. That's you. Do you believe? Do you want to believe? It is enough. Come and be healed. On this first Sunday of Advent, we take a day to gaze at the end. We contemplate the coming judgment. We 
Worship today anticipating the wrath of good against evil. And there is much that is unknown. When Jesus comes again, we will face a great change. When we die, we will face a great change. And for some of us, it is very frightening. When others die, when our loved ones die, when we look the end in the face, an unknown looms ahead of us, a day of reckoning, accountability, unmasking. But there is no one waiting there who can separate us from the love of God. Like Elizabeth, we have not seen him. But like Elizabeth, we know by the power of the Holy Spirit that he is Lord. And not only that he is Lord, but that this is reason to rejoice. Are you afraid? Are you looking for a God who is hidden? Are you waiting with a world that is not quite ready to give birth? Here is God's word to you by Elizabeth the prophet. Blessed is she, blessed is he who believed. For Elizabeth, this baby in his mother's womb is not a cause for terror, but for rejoicing. This time around, as we look forward to the second coming, God is bringing the new creation to birth in this whole universe and in each one of us. Childbirth is never easy. It never comes without fear. Turn your heart over to Jesus. Cast your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. Whether you have unshakable faith or a tiny thread of longing for faith, give it to Jesus. Let him care for it. Let him cultivate it. Rest secure. All evil and suffering will be destroyed, and every knee will bow. All sin will be judged, and all rebellion called to account. Soren Kierkegaard prayed something like this, and I commend it to you. May the memory of my sin remind me not of my shame, but of your great mercy. Come, divine Messiah. The world in silence waits the day. Amen.